0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 18 of True North Talk. This is season two, and um, we have another guest this week. Uh, we're, we're kind of on a roll here with the guests coming on the show, and last week we had Noah Divine on. If you haven't heard that episode, go listen to it. It's it's a great episode on uh, Noah shared his testimony and some of the things he overcame in his faith journey, um, specifically talking about some mental health challenges. And I think it's a, a just a prevalent topic for everybody today in our society, and especially young people, so... Check that out if you have not yet, but uh, this episode we have another special guest on, and this is Scott Beckenhauer. He is uh, the lead pastor at the church that Peter attends in Bellevue in Nebraska, and Peter, if you just want to give some general information on Scott, I mean, you guys are going to get into that in your interview here in a minute when we when we transition into that, I know you give... Uh, you know he he gives his background but any general information for the listeners before we lead into the interview
1: yeah so his, his journey is i actually kind of found myself feeling similarities in the way his journey went with how my dad's went too, going from youth ministry into a lead pastor or senior pastor role. Um, and I, and obviously I'll save some of that for him to talk about. But um, when I, when I was looking for a church out here, I was drawn to it to really, I mean, it, it shows the importance of having a good website for a church. Cause for people like me moving out here, you know, I didn't really have a chance to come out here and preview churches. And I think I'm pretty sure it was the first church I went to out here. Um, I, I might have watched a couple of sermons from other churches, or at least kind of looked around, you know, kind of church shopped from from back when I lived in the Dayton area. But it was it was kind of what drew me. I mean, their their main message is to live in love like Jesus, and I think that to me is the crux of Christianity is being an example of that. So I was drawn to the church, and since starting attending there in February of 2022, now which is crazy, it's been almost two years. Um, over the course of that time, I've, I've had some time opportunities to talk with him i know when um when joe when you when you came out here i think i think it was the time did you ever come out here just yourself or did you just come out here when it was sarah and brooke yeah, I, too? I came
0: out there uh for the nebraska
1: yes. illinois game illinois uh, game like fall back
0: of fall, was it, 20,
1: 2022 i think it was yeah. after i moved here and i think that was that was when we first like um, I think I, I had probably talked to him briefly before then, but that was a good chance to have a conversation. And I've had a lot of conversations with him, you know, about faith and about sports, especially. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was a great person to have on, obviously somebody who's leading a flock of believers, a pretty, pretty large flock uh, at at Calvary. So just something that had come to mind recently. And it's, it's a devotional that I'm sure maybe will either talk about or write about where, you know, we've discussed, you know, potentially getting into writing some of our thoughts, but, uh, about servant leadership. And so we will get into that in the interview because I think, you know, obviously the greatest example is Jesus and we'll talk about the role, the example that Jesus set before us. But I think it's also a, a good person to talk to about servant leadership is somebody like Scott who is leading a church and, and also pouring into the lives of, of the flock
0: yeah so so servant leadership is talked about quite a bit. I think inadvertently, um, we kind of go into the testimony too of Scott, and
2: you mm-hmm. know, I
0: enjoyed hearing that. I you know I think all our listeners will enjoy it and have uh, something to take away, some value to take away even from his testimony, let alone some of the, the tenets of leadership that he discussed, having you know led uh, a congregation of a good pretty good size. It's definitely it's bigger than my church. Um, so I'm excited for everybody to hear the interview. And without further ado, let's go ahead and transition into
1: Peter's interview with Scott. Thank you, Joe. I'm here with Pastor Scott Beckenhauer from Calvary Christian Church in Bellevue, Nebraska. Um, Scott, before we we get started into this, if you just want to give a a quick introduction into who you are, who... Who, you know, you're who you're about and, and what, you know, maybe led you into ministry and what it, what it is exactly that you do.
2: Oh, man. Absolutely. Peter, thanks for the opportunity to share with you guys today. And hey, yeah, I, I grew up in a, a smaller town in southwest Nebraska, a little town called McCook, Nebraska, is about 8000 people. So it's not there's. Um, just a lot of uh, things I look back on my life and I just think how did I end up where I am because I thought I'd always live in a smaller town but um, my dad was a pastor when I was young and then my parents uh, got out of the local church ministry and into what they called the funeral home ministry so Peter as crazy as it sounds I grew up literally our house was right next door to the funeral home Mm -hmm. and (laughs) that was a very unusual upbringing (laughs) you know and uh, you know like one of my first jobs was helping my dad uh, wash the funeral home hearse. Hmm. And that kind of, looking back, it kind of sobered me early on to life and death being a reality, you know, but I was just a knucklehead kid, you know, teenage boy, like most teenage boys are, right? We just kind of live our life and hang out with our friends and play ball and do all the different things. And um, I, I Eventually, I hurt my knee my senior year of high school and uh, had to have a knee surgery right before basketball season and just wasn't ever able to get back. And it led me to a, a small school called Nebraska Christian College. And uh, sadly, the school doesn't exist anymore. It closed down a few years ago. But back back in the, the 90s, I'm getting old now, but back in the 90s, we... Uh, uh, they had a really good ball team. I was able to go up there and um, just play with them. I was told to go to a small school, and then maybe the, the look at it coming back to a different, you know, bigger size school after that from, but uh, I got there and things really changed. I started opening up the Bible and uh, started studying it for myself and not just taking my parents' faith, so to speak, but do I really believe this? And then was really confronted with that thought of, uh, ultimately I think of that idea of life and death, as I mentioned earlier about the funeral, I didn't really, it was just this reality of, man, we only get one life to live. And if it's Jesus is <laughs> the one who can make the difference and, uh, and there's an eternity after this, then that's what I wanted to spend my life doing, you know, was, um, uh, just helping people. I thought it would just be through other avenues. Like uh, I was going to be a physical therapist was the initial plan, um, And then the more I kind of journeyed through life in college, I began thinking and praying about uh, just helping people through the local church. And then eventually it led to me being a youth pastor. And then about 15 years ago, became the lead pastor here at this church. So.
1: Yeah. yeah, and, and I want to kind of ask on that, um, you know, for people who are maybe around that age right now, I imagine a lot of our listeners, yeah. because Joe and I are both both young, we're both in our in our mid-twenties, so I imagine a lot of yeah. listeners or maybe some of our friends or people that we know that are around the same age as us, when you were in that time, how did you open yourself up to to the Lord and just letting Him lead? Because I know it's one thing to say, you know, let the Lord lead your life, but how did you truly, like, step into that and allow Him to guide you through that process?
2: man that's a great question um it is not easy you know when jesus said um whoever wants to come after me must deny Mm themselves pick up their cross and then follow me Mm -hmm. uh, i've just kind of found along the way that you know i I was reaching some really critical points of belief i think and you know at, at every turning point there was a thought of well i can dismiss all this like you know many of my buddies were doing, right? It's like, let's just live college life. And, and, um, it, it'd be really easy not to put Jesus in the equation of your college life, you know, those college years or even young adult years, cause you're trying to build a career and all that. And so what does it look like to, to, you know, read the word of God and then do what it says, you know, as James one twenty two tells us, don't just listen to it, but do what it says. And honestly, I think one of the most pivotal moments for me, Peter, was I was um, when I was 16. I had a, a friend uh, who took her own life. It was really uh, uh, tragic and impactful on my life because I was uh, uh, literally with her not long before that. We were at school and leaving school at the same time, and right after that is when she made that decision, just literally minutes later. And um, that, that deeply um, imprinted my life about the urgency of moments, you know, and when I was in college, I was probably 22. I was at a kind of a a youth ministry type event where I was helping out and there was a young person in our group and never met this kid before. And he had shared with me that uh, just a couple weeks prior, his dad had taken his life. And, um, the kid was looking at me like straight in the eyes, just saying, what do I do? I don't know what to do. What am I supposed to do? And as I looked at him, you know, it just those two experiences really collided in the sense of I I don't know what to tell you that's going to make a difference other than Jesus can make the difference, you know, and that was really um, a pivotal moment for me to start really thinking about. How can I bring Jesus into the lives of the people who, who need Him, just like I do? I need Jesus every day and uh, know that He loves us, He cares about us, and uh, how do we help introduce more people to Him? And so, somehow, in the midst of those experiences, I really just began to say, okay, What does it look like to deny myself and pick up my cross? What does it look like to put the needs of others in front of my own and say, how can I serve you, help you, point you to Jesus as well? And really those things just kind of led to, I I never set out to be a a pastor. You know, I never said, I wanna be a preacher someday. I just, I love Jesus. I wanted people to know Jesus. And to do that, I, I needed to find ways to be in proximity to helping serve people who maybe were open to Jesus. And that was the local church.
1: Definitely. That's, that's yeah. awesome. You know, obviously some, some heavy stories in there and everything yeah. and, and important that, you know, you allowed Christ to remain a, at the center of that. And because of that, now you those experiences are able to help lead other people and, yeah. and guide other people through those difficult times. I, I want to ask then too, as we kind of shift into the, the topic that we're going to be talking about, you know, leadership and servant leadership, Walk me through the process of going from a youth pastor to to a lead pastor, some might call it a senior pastor, you know, whatever, whatever. I think you said earlier, the title is officially lead pastor. Lead pastor, yeah. Um, What did that process look like and how did you balance, I guess, stepping into that leadership role with still, you know, pouring into, to, you know, other Christians and and even non-believers as well?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Great, great questions. Um, You know, it's really interesting. I, um, started here at this church uh, i this is gonna make me sound really old man in 1999 that's when i was born that's when you were born <laughs> and i was the youth pastor here okay. so i was and, and that meant uh, basically sixth grade through 12th grade right and then eventually started doing some young adult stuff along with that i kind of built got some leaders in place and we were a you know a smaller church at the time of a few hundred people and and um it, the way it works here, I think every church is different and some denominations are different. But this church is what's called kind of like just an independent Christian church. So there's a local elder team here, staff and pastors and all that. But there's no governing authority outside of this place. There's no denominational headquarters. We don't have anything like that. So here, uh, when the the previous lead pastor, just an amazing man of God and a faithful teacher of God's word, he was... Ready to retire. And so they had started that process and they had uh, came in, the elder team, it's called here, uh, they came and uh, sat down with me and and I thought they were going to give me an update on on who the next lead pastor was going to be. And they said, we would like for you to consider it. And I laughed. I literally laughed out loud because I was the youth pastor. I loved what I was doing. I like being a goofball. And uh, I took my job very seriously, but I liked having fun. And I laughed at them. I said, yeah, right. I said, who are you guys looking at? They said, no, we, we would like you to do it. Mm-hmm. And I realized they were serious. And I said, oh, no. And I gave them the names of four other uh, people that I thought would be great lead pastors for this church. Just, just other pastors that I'd gotten to know over the years from around, um, the region, a couple of States around here. And I said, here's four guys that are, they want to be lead pastors. I'm like, I don't want to be a preacher. That's not my, t- you know, I, I want to be a youth pastor. And so they went and talked to all those guys. And then eventually they came back and asked me, they said, you know, those gentlemen all said that you were the person. And that was really humbling beyond all words because I didn't, I never saw that in myself, and I began to have to ask those questions: Is does God have a different plan for me than I've had for myself? Because mm-hmm. I'd grown pretty comfortable. I was loving student ministry. Well, that's what I wanted to do. But I thought, man, if all these other individuals are seeing this, you know, the elder team here and the former lead pastor and others are seeing and believing something in me that I didn't even know was there. You know, maybe I would take time to think and pray about it. So that's what we ended up doing. Um, we dedicated the next month to kind of doing some fasting and praying my wife and I, and, uh, through that process, I uh, just came back and, and told them, okay. But I said, I'm, I need a long learning curve. I need you guys to be patient with me and it's going to take some time. And so that's a bit of the, the journey. That's a long answer, but
1: Oh that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what, what podcasts are best for is, is kind of, you know, fully hashing out the, the details yeah. of it. So yeah. I appreciate that. Um, now this kind of shifts then probably into that kind of first question that I have, because I imagine these, there were passages in Scripture maybe that you oh, looked yeah. at as you were g- stepping into becoming a preacher. So I'm going to ask this first question here. When it comes to leadership, how did Jesus exemplify a true servant leader? And maybe how did you use some of the, the stories from the Gospels to, as, as you prepared to become a, a preacher and, and oh, lead pastor?
2: Yeah, great question. You know, I <clears throat> there there's, a, of course, you can look at what Jesus taught you know, through the lens of, oh, is he just some religious guy? You know, I don't know. There might be some people who don't even know Jesus or aren't sure really who he is yet who are listening to this right now. Uh, I I really loved, even from a younger age, as silly as it sounds, I guess I, I didn't know what to call it at the time, but I was intrigued by leadership. I remember... Watching our teachers, and I would try to figure out who's the leader of the teachers. I would watch our school and like the different types of principles we had we had some there were some good ones and not so good ones you know um, just based on what other people would say and how they interacted and and uh, when I read the gospels Peter I just I, I look at it a lot through the lens of leadership you know like what kind of a leader Jesus was because he actually talked about that a lot um, you know most people may know the high level stuff Jesus is a guy who died on a cross and was resurrected. You know, that's the Easter story. But he taught so much um, about leadership and what you you use the term, their true servant leadership. And I think that's so powerful. You know, a couple passages for me, Mark chapter 10, there's that story where uh, Jesus called the disciples together and he's talking about uh, the leaders uh, that were regarded as rulers of the Gentiles. He said they lorded over them like they take their leadership position and they use that to be authoritarian, you know, uh, I'm in charge, you're going to do what I tell you to do. And maybe we, we've all probably had people like that, you know, maybe school teachers who, you know, bless their hearts. So some of them, um, use that position to be like, I'm the one in charge versus I'm here to help you learn and grow and that different type of approach. And so Jesus talked about that. And, but he said this to his disciples in Mark, 10:43. Uh, 10 43, he said, Um, Not so with you. He goes, Don, I don't want you to act that way. He said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, Mm -hmm. which is just such a, an upside down model of what we think of as leadership of I'm here to serve you. And then he goes on to say in verse 45 there, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to To serve. mm -hmm. And then ultimately he paints the huge picture of that to give his life as a ransom, Uh, So Jesus could have taken all of his authority and and made everybody serve him, made everybody bow down to him, um, made everybody make him money, you know, all the worldly things that that people often use leadership positions for. But he used his leadership position to lay down his rights and become obedient to death. And as Philippians says, even death on a cross to just say, I'm going to lay my rights down in order to help others. And that that's just so powerful to me. And then, of course, the other passage, Peter, that um, you've probably, I know you've probably been familiar with, is that incredible image of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. You know, in a culture where feet were dirty and filthy, and, you know, uh, that was something that servants did in a household. But here, Jesus, the one who by this time he had been performing miracles, you know, he could walk on water. He can turn, you know, a couple, couple pieces of bread into loaves that would feed too many. Lo- the loaves and fishes stories. He could heal blind people and make the lame to walk all those things. And it just it's incredible to me that, you know, in that story in John 13 is with his closest of disciples. He washes their feet and then he says um, in John thirteen fourteen. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And then he says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And right there, that model of leadership, it's turned upside down um, in terms of how he exemplified being a servant leader was, it's not about what you can do for me, it's I'm here to help you and uh, ultimately laying down his life for us. And that's just so powerful to me.
1: Yeah, amen. I think it is one, especially, I mean, he literally says it there, what I have said as an example for you, you know, go and do unto others. So he literally, you know, my my question there was, what is the example Jesus says there? Obviously the other examples you provide provide that as well, but he literally says here, you know, this is a picture of what true servant leadership is. And so I think it is, it paints yeah. a beautiful picture. Another thing that I thought of while you we were talking, especially kind of in maybe the middle point there, was when you mentioned that Jesus could have lorded his authority over everybody on earth. And I think of the story of when, you know, when he was tempted by Satan in, in the desert and yeah. where, where Satan was like, you know, you have the power to call out for your, for your angels to lift you up, oh, or you man. have the power, you have the authority, you can look over all this land all this land i can give to you and just right. resisted in that moment obviously because he was always he always resisted temptation because obviously he was perfect so i want to ask yeah in those moments where and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit in my questions but you know what are maybe some of the challenges that come with with leading you know i imagine mm-hmm. A temptation might not come oh, like that. And, you know, you might not have somebody who comes up to you and says, like, I'm going to give this to you if you do this. Right. But, but what are some of maybe those challenges that you face Yeah. In, in leading, especially a flock as big as the one here at Calvary?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. I, I'm kind of smiling a little <laughs> bit because, like you said, people don't come up and they usually don't offer pastors, <laughs> So you know, things, you know, bribes or anything because right. there's—well, they, 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 that never happens, right, because— you know, as we're not, you know, people aren't in it for money. We don't get kickbacks, you know, all that stuff. It's like, man, we're just here. But, um, you know, I think some of the, the greatest challenges of leading other people um, is is just that uh, this world is filled with so many distractions. You know, like we could so easily chase all the different things I, I categorize them in First um, John two fifteen to seventeen. I'm, I know I'm sounding like a preacher here a lot, but <laughs> but uh, in that passage, um, John says, uh, "Do not love the world or anything in the world." He says, "For everything in the world," and he says, "The cravings of the sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does doesn't come from the from the Lord, or doesn't come to the Lord, but from the world." Yeah. And he says, "For the world and its desires pass away." But the one who does the will of God will live forever, yeah. and i those those things the the cravings of the simple man, lust of his eyes boasting mm-hmm. um I've often kind of just categorized those as uh, you know sometimes preachers make three point sermons, you yeah. know oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you try to get it memorable, you know but right. but um the the cravings you know the pleasures of this world um, the the possessions and then the popularity so You know, I think almost everything that we could chase in this world, it's in some way, shape or form, we want to feel good. uh, We want to have a lot um, and we want to be known. I think especially as men, that last one applies to, um, it's certainly going to apply to women as well. But there's that, that, that thing that resonates. And I think in this world, I I look at those as the biggest distractions from what, from actual, the fourth word is purpose, Mm -hmm. from the actual purpose God has for our life. And we live in a world, you know. I mentioned it from time to time. Screen time, you know, when yeah. when people look at their screen time and realize I was on my phone seven hours a day yeah. for the entire week. I'm like, that's 49 hours in one week. Yeah. You know that you know half of your time awake is spent on the device. You know, and it's it's really humbling to think about. But I think it, that just kind of exemplifies. There's just so many things that can pull our attention. And so one of the greatest challenges of a leader as a pastor is to get people focused on, as, you know, Hebrew says, right, let us fix our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. So anyway, yeah. I don't know if I'm answering your question. There, oh, no, but definitely, I, I definitely I kinda, did. I think that yeah. uh,
1: you, you mentioned, you know, the the three or four things that, that can that can kind of tempt you or pull you away as just as human beings, maybe as yeah. men specifically. I think that definitely answers that. And. He also answered a way into how we can kind of combat those things, and, and so it kind of leads to to another question. This was the second question. And I, and I think maybe I'm going to reframe it a little bit because I think instead of what does servant leadership look like, I think we talked about that a little bit. You know, we talked about washing the disciples feet and just, you know, being there for, for people who need us to be there and being the light of Christ to other people. So I'm going to ask maybe instead. How, what are, what are the methods that we can use to, to live that out? Because it's one thing to say, what does that look like? Mm. But I
2: think the next step then is how, yeah, how, yeah, that's a great question. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, I think uh, a few years back, this has been, gosh, I don't know. It doesn't matter how long ago it's been. <laughs> are you familiar with the name John Maxwell? Uh, John Maxwell is a leadership guru. So I'm going to sound like an old man back in my day, you know, (laughs) in the 90s and 2000s. There was just a phenomenal leader of leaders guy. He just wrote countless leadership books and all this. Anyway, there's a book called The 360 Degree Leader, which is just, you know, we all get that visual of a 360 degree look at something. And I think when we get into the, the how, how do we be servant leaders? he, in the book, there was this incredible principle, the principles of leading up, leading across and leading down.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And for me, that really helped me frame up that no matter where I am, there's a posture of servant leadership. So, uh, am I supposed to act like Jesus and be a servant? Yes. But how is sometimes hard to figure out, you know, does it doesn't mean I'm I'm the one picking up the trash after a meeting and cleaning off the table so that the you know the janitor or custodial team doesn't have to do that. Right. Is it you know going to the grocery store when it's the last thing I want to do, but my wife is is tired and and that's a way to serve her. Yeah, that, those those things are all practical. But in the in that proposal the lead lead up is how can you lead the people above you by serving them? You know, So I want to make my boss look good. And Peter, if you think about that, like I don't even know if you – know, maybe even in your context or others, how often do young people, young people in their careers or people who just re- have to report to others, posture themselves as thinking, I want to serve the person that is above me right. that I report to, and I want to make them look good. Especially I want to. I want to. Well, I wanna, it's, it's kind of the yeah.
1: classic – um, phrase like, do you, do you have to do everything that you have to do, or do you get to do it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: And, and to think, well, if Jesus was here, and he was working for whoever, he would want to help them succeed. And I think so often, like, in a reporting structure in life, you know, you, we often go, oh, well, they're just telling me what to do. You know, we're both sports guys, and so, right? I mean, it's, it's am I doing this so that I can help my coach? And I want my coach to have a successful career, which is odd, right? Because young, young men and young women right, are just like, what are you doing for me out of this? Yeah. But uh, trans, uh, transpose that all the way through employment structures and all that. So lead up. How do we lead up? Which is how do we serve those we lead with a genuine of, hey, what do you need? And I'm here for you. And then there's a lead across, which is your peers. So uh, people who you don't have authority over, they don't have authority over you. But how can we help serve them and help them succeed? And then, of course, leading down, you know, when we get in a position where we have a quote authority over people, Mm -hmm. do we, as Jesus mentioned earlier, do we lord it over them? Hey, I'm in charge of you. I'm telling you what to do. You know, is that the posture of a servant leader or uh, it's you know Peter if like if you worked here you know like I meet with our young guys actually this this very table yeah. um, every Tuesday morning and uh, saying hey what do you guys need how can I help you what are you trying to learn and grow in or hey I see something in you that might need a little course correction here mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want to tell you that to save you the pain of where that's going if you don't course correct, right. you know, just cause, you know, when you get old, you have some experiences to share, but, yeah, exactly. but again, do I, am I just looking for output from the people who, who report to me or am I looking to help them succeed and thrive and, and find enjoyment and fulfillment in their work yeah. by being the best they can be, you know? Right. So anyway, those are three things that just came to mind. Lead yeah. up, lead across, lead down.
1: So. Yeah. And I think when you, when you put those three together, it's kind of about this this big picture of ultimately building up the kingdom of God. Like it's, it's a team, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the sports thing, Are, are you, you know, playing for your, for your, are you coaching? you know, for yourself or are you playing just for yourself or are yeah. you playing for your coach? Yeah. And are you coaching for your players and then tying yeah. those together? Yeah. Ultimately the main goal is for that team to have success. And yeah. I would say that picture is, is obviously the kingdom of God uh-huh. and building it up and, and leading leading the kingdom of God closer and closer to uh-huh. what he wants us to look like. And obviously in this world yeah it won't be perfect it won't be a perfect picture of what the church should look like or what the yeah. kingdom of god should look like but it's i think about consistently taking those steps to get to that point yeah. you know it's almost the idea of like the pursuit of perfection knowing that we knowing that we mm-hmm. can't achieve it and being okay with that but also not being okay with you know i guess feeling conviction when we do when we do sin when we do mess up and so it's kind of yeah. that idea of like we're striving towards that goal of ultimately building up the kingdom yeah. and pouring into other people around us, either people that we are, you know, employee, employees of or that we're fellow employees or that we're an employer of, yeah. whatever the structure, not just in, in work. I think that is, yeah. is very, very
2: important. Oh, man, it is. You know, and I, I think... Yeah, I can't. We're in basketball season right now, right? Mm-hmm. And you're watching a lot of basketball. Um, you know, we we've got um, a couple boys who play basketball and one of them is on the high school team here and and uh, I am j- smiling a little bit cuz yesterday I had one of these moments where I was like, "Oh lord, I'm a fool." <laughs> you know, <laughs> where I just had to set myself back. And you know, because you get in these moments where you you feel what your kid feels or you want certain, certain things for all their work and effort and and uh, he he had a great game a uh, lot of stats with everything other than his shooting. It was a rough night. It was one of those games where, you know, he just, he, he struggled, and he probably won't listen to this unless I tell him about it, but, but uh, I need to tell him this story because I had one of these moments yesterday, even of just this whole idea of leading across. You know, he had had a game that was just, you know, he was just off. Uh, things were rattling. I mean, literally several shots just rattling in and out and not going in and things that normally would. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but uh, we start building the lead, and towards the end, they started subbing in you know, a couple players off the bench. And so he was still in. He was about to rotate out, but he comes in right away, and he, he pump faked on a kid from three, and he could have shot it, but instead... He kicks it over to the kid who just came off the bench, who yeah. hasn't gotten in many varsity games at all this year, and he kicks it over to him for for his wide open three, and the kid shoots and makes it. And I instantly turned and looked back, you know, I looked at my son right away, and uh, man, he just genuinely pointed at the kid, pumped his fist, had this huge smile, you know, and it was just one of those... Uh, moments as a dad where, you know, where you think, hey, everybody wants their kid to be the one to shoot, you know, like that kind of culture often exists in and around basketball, but... You get the playing time, especially. Yeah, get the yeah. playing time, but when you're in a healthy culture, um, and this is a compliment I'm saying to the culture that he's in, is where they learn to celebrate each other, you know, and it'd be easy to be very selfish and, and everything, but it's fun when you see those moments of just, and it made me think, you know, I, as I was driving home from that game, you know, those moments where i thought... When's the last time I looked at somebody on my team and just like junior, you know, like, like, man, yeah, you knocked it out of the park. Great work, you know, and just that reminder to always be celebrating the people around us.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that that culture is, is one of the reasons I'd like to have the head coach of that team potentially on this podcast at some point. I think oh, it'd be, yeah. It'd be really good to have him on here. One of one of the members of the church here. So, yeah, um, I'm probably going to kind of have this this final question here and then we'll probably be kind of wrapping up. We're right at around 30 minutes. so yeah. Kind of exactly what I was expecting, kind of hoping. So um, just kind of this thought that it, it kind of made me kind of step back for a second. It, it was this, it, I was reading a devotional this week and it was on servant leadership, which is part of why this was the topic. It was something that we, we had decided to focus in on. It was consider who is following you and why. And before I ask this question to you, the re- I, I just want to say real quick, the reason I thought about that is because as I do this sports media thing, yeah. I, I do start to see that follower count on on Twitter or, or X now as yeah. it's known. It's so yeah. it starts to yeah. grow a little bit. And I kind of had to like step back for a moment and be like, like yeah, that's gonna happen as I do this. It's part yeah. of the job. You're gonna have more people, the more teams that you cover and, and the more athletes that you talk with, you know, that you interview, the more people you're gonna have follow you. But it kind of made me pause and think like, why are those people following me? Are they following me just for the sports coverage? And, you know, if I'm being transparent and honest with myself, it is at this moment, that's why. But I do just want to I want it to be more about that they see the Lord in me and that they see, you know, just that I'm an example of who Christ was in, in the best way that I can be. Obviously, I can't be a perfect picture of that none of us yeah. are. Um, mm-hmm. And so it kind of just made me step back and, and pause about that and question, you know, again, consider who is currently following you and why. And so the question that I want to ask you, Scott, is on the basis of this, how can we ensure that the reason others follow us, as, as men specifically, and, and as women as well, is first and foremost Christ? How can we ensure that?
2: Yeah, and yeah, that's a deep question and I appreciate it a lot. I mean, it takes a lot of thought to, you know, just really think about that because human nature is, you know, just follow me. Mm-hmm. You know, because we want the followers, we want the likes, or you know we want to be successful, we want that the popularity possession and pleasure right those are the types of things that often we think will fulfill us, <clears throat> but I think the the thing that really strikes me you know in terms of how can we make sure people are following us for the right reason, I think the only way we can live with that peace of mind ourselves is if we abide in Christ, if we remain in Christ. Because there's very few people in the world who are going to look at us and say, hey, good job following Jesus, right? It's not a valued, you know, narrow is the road, right? And broad is the road. And so this culture at large, you know, may not know or understand why we do what we do, but... But if we, it made me think of John fifteen when you were asking that question. The visual in my head of Jesus talking about "remain in me." Remember that I am the vine; you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, if we learn to remain in Him and abide in Him, then John fifteen tells us: as we remain in Him, then we will bear fruit. Yeah. You know, so that faithfulness of what God will do, and it made me think I'll often overlooked passage or verse and within that John 15 is verse nine, where Jesus says, "As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you." He says, "Now remain in my love." And I think the the only thing that can really keep us grounded and and rooted in Christ is to Remain in Him. <laughs> you know we can. Um, and so I don't know. I, I've got some thoughts and stories that that are going through my head along those lines. But I really just think that you know if we are remaining in Christ, that's going to be the the fruit. Um, the fruit of that is going to lead to things. You know, so like when you you know the following on X is a great example. You know, the the whole idea, Peter, of you know like people are and I, I want to see how you know like. What's he going to say about the team or the kids or what's going on in the area? I mean, I personally love following your account because, you know, it's it's great. There's times I literally go on the search bar (laughs) because I want to see where all you're at and how all the games are going. There's great reports on there. You know, But it's like, how how can you be a witness in that? You know, those little moments of, um, you know, whatever it is, those moments where you might see that kid do the dirty work or the kid on the bench or, you know, commenting about the bench culture of some of the teams, things that nobody else, because all anybody sees is the buckets, right? They see how many points and those are the things that are valued. But, but, um, you know, how can we celebrate the whole person and the people around us in a holistic way? Um, man, I don't know what to say other than, and just remain in Christ as we stay rooted in who he is, Then out of that, whatever fruit God wants to bring out of that is great. If we try to produce our own fruit, we never know if it's going to last. But if we're remaining in Christ, we know it will. Yeah,
1: that's very, very well said. I think one thing just that I was thinking of, too, that I'd like to to add on to that before we wrap up this this interview part of the, the episode is you know, kind of, I think we maybe talked about this before we started recording, was was impacting the one person. Yeah. You know, instead of worrying about what that number reaches, what that following reaches, yeah. focusing on how am I impacting, you know, one person. If one person comes up and tells me that that they saw, and I've, I've had this happen a couple of times where someone will come yeah. up to me and say, like... You know, I see what you're doing with the podcast and, and I pray, you know, I, I'm, you know, keep going. I had somebody tell me that once, you know, keep, keep yeah. fighting the fight. Somebody said, it. keep fighting the good fight. So yeah, I think that is, is the most important thing. It's not being all caught up in like, you know, cause I, obviously that page is going to be a lot of sports content sports coverage yep. because that's that's the nature of my job is that's my I was, you were talking about screen time you know yeah. screen oh, time yeah, for me yeah. is very high I'm oh, yeah. spending a lot of time <laughs> on on Twitter on the yep. next especially but it, it's about making sure that that impacts even if it's just on one person yeah. and then going from there and building from there so mm-hmm. I think that's Kind of one one final takeaway that I have, but if you have anything to add to that or any kind of closing remarks before yeah. we, before we close out here,
2: yeah, no, I I think you're you're right on you're right on there with just thinking about at the end of the day, what really matters is the value of, of people. You know, if God values each and every person, and so what what would our life look like if maybe just one person a day? Was blessed, you know. Like, I heard a sermon recently, maybe this morning, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, just, you know, just this whole idea of, man, what if I, how can I make God's love known? You know, and it doesn't mean we have to be preacher like all the time. It just means, man, I see you. I appreciate you. Um, I've got a, a friend here in the area whose son is really struggling with his, his sports right now, okay. sports performance. And, uh, the kid is just beating himself up. Uh, my friend is really hard on his kid. I mean, he's just constantly beating his kid down. You know what, you know, you know, telling him he should be playing, you know, he's got to work harder so he can play more, that he's not doing enough when he gets in, he's not doing enough, you know? And I've had some talks with my buddy um, and just said, man, you got to back off. Um, But I was watching his kid recently and his kids um, on the, um, he's on a junior varsity team. And so I go to some of the games from time to time and I was just kind of watching what was happening. And I was watching how much his kid just enjoys being on the team and enjoyed rooting for his teammates and was smiling and high-fiving and celebrating the threes, you know, and (laughs) doing all the things, you know, and, and I caught that kid afterwards, just one-on-one and just spoke a little bit of life into him, you know, and just in terms of just real quick, I was like, man, everything that I saw in that entire game, my favorite part was watching you celebrate your teammates. And that kid had the most genuine smile. I mean, he puts in just as much time as anybody else, but he doesn't get the glory in the game, right? But who he is as a human is worth celebrating, you know? And what if we can all, every one of us, everybody listening right now could just think at least once a day, how can I speak life and show tangible love and encouragement to somebody? It's worth thinking about just one life at a time, man.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and, I think that pretty much wraps it up. I think that summarizes it perfectly. One thing I want to kind of close with, you know, you mentioned the, what... Up across and, and down. Yeah. And I and I think something that I thought of was from a church, transformation church that we went to in, in cool. Charlotte. Uh Pastor Derwin Gray there used to do yeah. at the at the end of sermons there used to go upward, inward, outward, transformers, roll out. so we used to do that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda close yeah. this section with that. Upward, inward, outward, transformers roll out. You know, you're first looking at the Lord, love it, and then you're using that to build yourself so that then you can impact others yeah. for Christ. So um that's it for, for this section, for this interview section of, of True North today. I just want to thank, thank you, Scott, for, for taking the time to, to talk about this. Thank you so much for just the information, the wisdom that you provided today. And definitely looking forward to hopefully, you having, on, hopefully, hopefully having you on again sometime soon, because it, it was a pleasure having you on today.
2: I'd be honored. Thank you for the opportunity, Peter.
1: Yeah. And now to future Peter and Joe to kind of break down this episode and give, give an outro.
2: Thanks,
0: Peter. Yeah, so <laughs> back here in the studio for True North. Um, what a great interview! First of all, thank you for taking the time with Scott, and, and also thanks to Scott for taking taking some time. I know he preached two sermons uh, today, and, and you know, and prior to coming on the podcast. So we're thankful for him his time and, and coming on. Um, yep, really good stuff from his testimony to uh, talking about leadership. And the first thing I kind of wanted to touch on to wrap up and, and to just give a an overarching analysis and takeaway for our, our listeners, um, Scott touched on First John two fifteen uh, through seventeen, I believe he, he cited, and I'm just going to read that real quick. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it is of the world and the world passeth away in the lust thereof but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever hmm. and actually 17 there the final wording he that abideth um, or excuse me he that doeth the will of God abideth forever kind of comes around mm-hmm. to to finish off a point Scott made about um, how do we make sure that we are exemplifying Christ in our leadership and also how do we make sure that we you know when somebody sees us, they want to follow us because of our commitment to Christ. He talked about always abiding, abiding in him, you know, always being in, in communion and fellowship with Christ, just having that effort, taking the effort, taking the extra time to stay, um, you know, to stay in oneness and to, to invest that time, I think is a huge point, but I wanted to touch on here in first John too, uh Peter. I, I know you did the interview, but if you have any thoughts too, you can jump in just the cravings and pleasures of the world and getting distracted. I think that's, That's been um, even tonight as we watch the NFC championship game and my Detroit Lions lost, um, you know, and just watching football and and it's just so easy in our world to get distracted from the important things. And, you know, even like, you know, we're talking about leadership, of course, you know, if you're distracted as a leader, if you're not focused on the goal and and focused on your main mission, that's going to be a problem. But I mean, getting anything done in this life. If you have, if you have any goal in this life that's worth chasing, if you get distracted easily, you're you're going to be, you're you're not going to get anywhere fast. So, that was a huge takeaway for me. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, Peter. Now that's you know, it's it's now evening time. You you know, it's been some hours. You have some time to di- to digest what you talked about and hear it again. But, um, yeah. Any thoughts on just distractions and how we can? avoid those distractions in leadership and also in our our faith and um, relationship with God.
1: Yeah, I I think something that Scott mentioned, I I believe it was during the interview, it might have been once we finished, but how, you know, sermons are often boiled down kind of to three points. And I think that's what John, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, does here, the kind of the three areas that we can be distracted, the lust of the flesh that obviously pertains to mainly sexual but also you know proneness to, to alcohol or even or, or drugs but especially the lust of the flesh sexual sexual sins um, the lust of the eyes That that is again kind of similar but it could also just be pride or jealousy or greed uh, the lust of the eyes can be that and the pride of life is wanting to have this status and, and Scott kind of broke down what those three areas are in in pretty simple terms too but I think that's kind of what stuck with me from from what he said that that time that we had is just how each of those things can get in the way if we're not guarding against those. And so I think that's the important thing. And like like you said and like he said, just abiding or remaining in, in Christ in the Lord is the best way to defend against that. And And I think it's not even so much... It's not just that it can take us away from being servant leaders but I think it also can take away our efficiency as servant leaders like even if we're not fully taken away from from pouring into other people like he said like it, it goes you know upward uh, across and down you know either to people that were employees under or that were peers with or that were employers over you know in each of those things if we're Allowing either of these three areas to get in the way, our efficiency at being servant leaders is diminished greatly. And so I think that was kind of my takeaway too and that it, it isn't always that it completely takes us away from it. But even even just kind of minimizing the – again, the efficiency that we have in that is is dangerous and it's something that we need to guard against.
0: Yeah, and I think it's always good to take inventory of your life and just analyze and, and look at – assess and like – ask yourself, am I living, am I living my life? Is it structured in a way that is allowing for the efficient carrying out of my main, my main duties, you know, as, as a leader, as a servant of God, you know, especially the number one thing of reading your Bible. I mean, that's always a challenge (laughs) is taking that time, setting it aside. And even if it's, you know, a bare minimum, even if you're just getting in there, I think it's, it's so important and it matters. And, um, but yeah, like, is your day structured in a way that you're you are able to efficiently carry out your tasks? And I think it's important, too, when we're talking about leadership. You know, Scott leads a congregation there in, in Nebraska, and there's literally thousands of churches across the United States, probably tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands, I don't know. Um, And, and each one has a collection of leaders. And, you know, the beauty of the church and the beauty of the, of the way that You know, the church is structured as a whole is that even if one man or one leader fails his duties or makes a mistake or something like that, you know, there's a collective effort as servants of God that we can pick up the slack and we can keep moving forward. And, you know, and I think in our life, too, we can't put all the pressure on ourselves to be perfect and to, like, maintain this amazing efficiency in our lives. So when we're talking about keeping it efficient, I think— there's room for grace there, and Peter even cited this in his point in the podcast or in the interview of of saying, you know, obviously, like, on, in this earth, perfection is not ever going to be an option. It's not going to be possible, but does not mean that we shouldn't strive for perfection. And um, I just think that's so useful whether you're, you know, you're applying that in your career or in your, in your home. Um, it's just striving for that perfection but understanding that there is grace and that it's not all on you, you know, if you have a church to rely on around you in your community there there's people there to support you there's if you have a good spouse um friends you know it's not all on you to be a perfect great leader at all times even as a pastor even for Scott it's not always all on him cuz he's just a human being and i think we should afford our leaders that grace too um so yeah that was just really good and then my final takeaway for tonight is just Understanding the importance that, like, our world around us, if we we assess everything in our world and we look at how we're failing as, you know, as citizens or as Christians, it ultimately comes down to leadership. You know, our societal problems that we try to, like, say are mass, like, they're society-wide issues, like, that affect millions of people, and we need, like, millions of people to change to affect these things, whether it's the fatherlessness crisis in the house, you know, marriages are failing, um you know these massive societal problems all boil down to leadership in the home and hmm. none of these things are ever going to change and, and be resolved if you're not a good leader in your house so i think for anybody listening to this episode you need to understand that we all need to understand including myself that every day it's on us to be leaders in our house to do to take the road less traveled and to do what you want even when you or even do what you need to do even when you don't want to do it right and that's how we change you know our faith that's how we change our household and that's ultimately how we're going to change the church and and the society as a whole is by taking responsibility and leading effectively within our own homes so yeah my my takeaways. i don't want to make this episode about us and our conversation here because you had a great interview and i want people to focus on that but i think it's important to maybe you know emphasize the overarching points and unless you had anything else peter um we can kind of wrap up tonight
1: yeah, just real quickly, I think, too, one of the best ways to show that leadership is what we talked about with servant leadership. You know, it's having that sacrificial giving of yourself, whether it's, you know, like Jesus washing the apostles' feet, washing the disciples' feet, you know, something like that. Or another point that he mentioned was, you know, like in, in the home when there's something, you know, that that he needs to do for his wife, you know, stepping up and doing that or, or for his kids as well and, and being willing to to be you know, to serve before being served, like Jesus talked about too. So I think that was just kind of one point I wanted to add. I think that is one of the best ways to lead, you know, it's like, it's like the picture, you know, just kind of one final thing for me to close it is rather than being the one who's standing up there telling, you know, the the people, you know, pull that rope, it's, it's going down to the front of the line and pulling that rope with, with the people that, that you lead. And so I think that is, is kind of, probably my biggest takeaway of this is that it's kind of it kind of an irony to to be a leader you have to be a servant first so i think that's kind of my my main takeaway i think scott talked about that really really well in the interview earlier and just kind of want to make sure that our listeners are kind of left with with that
0: yeah and i honestly i think that's something we can pray about and, and pray you know because not everybody i think I need to revisit the science on this, but I, I have seen a study one time and it was like, how, what percentage of the population based on these various widely recognized leadership, you know, characteristics, what percentage of those people are are naturally leaders, like natural born leaders? And I think it's like 10% of the population is, are natural born leaders, but mm-hmm. you still can become a leader and there's ways to do it. It takes work. Um, and also I think it takes prayer. I think, you know, asking God to um, to really change your heart and to make you into that leader um you know that more more often than not chooses to go to the front of the rope and pull pull you know that rope himself instead of
2: mm-hmm. sitting
0: back and barking down cuz i i mean i see it every day in my job not much in my current job thankfully cuz we have good leaders um but in the workplace i think it's so so common that you see somebody in a leadership position that's just not a leader they are that person that sits and barks down the orders and they don't do the work and they and they expect mm-hmm. you know un uh, unfair they have unfair expectations on their, their cohorts. So, um, yeah, something we can pray about for sure. And you're just so happy with this episode, so happy with the, with the topic and, um, just certainly hope everybody took something away. So with that being said, uh, I can, I kind of feel like I want to lead in prayer this episode.
1: Yeah, that's perfect. And then if I have anything to add, I'll, I'll go ahead after. Sure. Cool.
0: Dear Lord, thank you for this uh, episode and and Scott for coming on. thankful for him. Pray that you'd uh, just bless uh, the congregation and and church there, Lord, and just allow continuation of of your work being done, the truth being told, and leaders being forged. Um, I pray for everybody listening, including myself and Peter, that we just continue to to be made and formed into leaders, good leaders that uh, lead by example and do the hard things and, and take the road less traveled often. I pray for uh, just elimination of distractions. I pray for efficiency in our in our homes, and in our minds. And just pray for our listeners today. They take take away something um, very valuable from this episode, and just ask themselves the hard questions. Ask where um, where their heart lies and where their soul is um, is destined. And um, mm-hmm. just pray you you bless our efforts here in True North. I, I pray you bless anybody who comes across this episode and. Just thank you for this time today and the ability to speak about our faith freely in this country, in Jesus' name.
1: Mm-hmm. I want to just say amen to everything that Joe prayed, and I pray also that you would give us, give all of us, a spirit of seeking not to to be served, but to serve. And even to the point of giving up, giving up our life if need be, and I pray that you would just give us that servant's heart. And also, like Joe said, and like we like we talked about in this podcast today, Lord, just have that leadership to ultimately, most importantly, lead others closer to you. And it's in Jesus name that we pray we devote this episode to you as always. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you if you, uh, if you made it this far in the episode, enjoy the interview, make sure you, you rate our podcast. So such an effective way to help us grow. Leave a rating on Spotify there. We have a getting close to 10 five-star rating, so if we can try to get to 20 and double that count and and expand our reach, it would be really, really cool. So, uh, again, thank you for listening today. Um, Share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it. And with that being said, we will see everybody in Episode 19. Peace. Peace.